When the world feels off kilter, where do you find your ground? Today's guest challenges us to use life's hardships to enact change in ourselves, impact the world around us, and propel our society forward. You know, it's hard to find non-negotiables in our life. You know, especially as youngsters, when we don't know, we aren't quite sure what we stand for. We haven't built lives to stand for. We don't have families and careers that, that we are shepherds of every day that are non-negotiable. So, you know, to have that non-negotiable thing about going, uh-uh, if, 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 you know, if you're telling me I'm odd for saying I'm not calling you mom and dad, then yes, call me odd and different because I'm standing up for that. And that gave me a lot of identity at that time when I was lost. Today on The Balanced Voice, we're thrilled to welcome Texas's very own Matthew McConaughey. Matthew's life motto, just keep living, is the cornerstone in all he does. From his foundation that aims to keep kids from choosing a life of crime by providing them with opportunities to lead healthy lives, to his ongoing dedication to the Lone Star State, he clearly defines his own non-negotiables. In today's balanced conversation, we ultimately answer this question. How do we live in the present, honor the past, and advocate for a better future? Without further ado, here's your host, Renya Mancarios. Welcome to the Balanced Voice Podcast. We are so thrilled to have today's guest, Matthew McConaughey, Texas Gem. Matthew, welcome, welcome, welcome. Good to be here, Ronnie. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. How are you? We've had a, a pretty crazy. We were supposed to sit down with you two weeks ago, but uh, Texas didn't allow for that. No, a little. We got a little chilly around there, didn't we? Um, yeah, I'm. I'm relatively. I'm. I'm doing good. We had. Uh, we lost some power and had a few busted pipes and even had. Some, we lost water yesterday again. Um, but relatively overall, we're 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 doing well. A lot better than a lot of people out there in Texas are doing right now with the, with the flooding and stuff. It's a, you know, this Boston girl born and raised thought this storm is no big deal. And then all of a sudden it hit us. And I was like, my gosh, I can't drive. We can't do anything. We've lost power. There's no water, busted pipes everywhere. But you've been, you've been so gracious. I know you're, you're planning um, a virtual event and as it unfolds, we can't wait to learn more about it, but it's that spirit and that heart that has made us just so, you know, love you so much. So we thank you for doing that. Well, my pleasure. Hey, I'm born New Valley, raised in Longview, live in Austin. I'm Texas from the beginning. And we'll continue to be. Um, I love the spirit of our state, as most of us do. And, you know, this time coming up with this freeze, like you said, you're from Boston. <laughs> you saw it come in. You're like, oh, OK, I've seen this. We, we, we weren't ready to handle it. Our infrastructure wasn't ready to handle it. Then the power goes out. Then the water Then the water can't be. It's not enough heat to keep the water flowing. So it freezes them pipes bust. So this is a whole new problem. And like I said, worst winter storm since to what, 19, from yeah. 70 years. 70 years. And. Camilla and I decided to throw, put a benefit together um, called We're it's called We're Texas, and it's all Texas artists. Um, I'm going to host the show. I'm going to DJ the show. I've called Texas over 15 Texas artists and musicians, and everybody within the first 30 seconds of my ask are like, whatever you want me to do, yes. Uh, we've got a lot of different companies. I won't give you the list of the rundown. That I'll be putting that out on my IG at Officially McConaughey soon of who we have the artist coming and the date because it is coming up soon when we're going to have the virtual event. And different Texas companies and individuals are stepping up in a big way to donate and get us off the ground to raise money to help the immediate needs and the long-term needs of people um, like so many Texans out there that need it right now. Right now. 
That's what I love about you. And actually, when I reached out to your office um, and invited you on the podcast, one of the things I said is, look, you are, of course, a movie star and we love that and we appreciate that. But the real reason was you're a Texas gem. This, and I kept saying, you know, here's what I know. I know he's a Texas gem. I know he personifies the spirit of the state. I know that the work and with his foundation, Just Keep Living, mirrors a lot of what this organization does with schools every single day. That's what I know. And then I, I had gathered stuff from your Oscar acceptance speech to your interviews that you are a very thoughtful, um, non-laissez-faire person. You're very intentional. You're, you're a lot more more than this incredible celebrity that's running on the beach in Malibu, even though now that I've read your book, I realized why you were doing that. And then I read the book and I was blown away. Matthew McConaughey, your life is, of course, you are blessed. And I love that you recognize that. And you, you flat out say, I'm not a victim, but you also share some incredible insights to a life that was that I did not expect to read on these pages. And the way you wrote it, my goodness, um, it just became so much more important for us to have you. So I want us to lead with this book and the title, Green Lights. Why Green Lights? Green Lights. So this book is compiled of 36 years of me keeping journals. I've been keeping journals since I was 14. And I finally got the courage to go away and see what the hell was in all those journals, uh, which was a scary proposition for me. I didn't, I wasn't very comfortable thinking I was going to look back at my last 50 years on this life and how much I was going to enjoy the company. Um, but I did go back and looked at them. I went away to uh, the desert for about 52 days and uh, sat with my journals. What I noticed was green lights, those things we have in life that affirm our way. Freedom, yes, attaboy, way to go, more please. We love those. That's what a green light does. Um, I noticed that uh, I, like most people, we can engineer those via responsibility, choices we make today, maybe even sacrifices we make today that tee us up for more pleasure and more green lights in our future. It can be a simple, the simplest one I love throwing out is like, look, put the coffee in the coffee pot in the filter tonight. So tomorrow morning, all you got to do is press the button. That's like a very simple green light. You teed your, you were kind and cool to your future self. There are ways we can engineer those. Sometimes green lights are opportunities that just fall in our lap. And do we take advantage of those? How do we take advantage of those when they're there? Now let's go to the yellow and red lights. These are the things that we don't usually like in life. They slow us down, a yellow light, or they stop us in our tracks like a red light. We don't really want yellow and red lights in our life, but I found out and going through my years of living that, oh, I actually needed most every one of those yellows and red lights. I needed to take pause in my life. I needed that interruption. I needed that intervention. I needed that full stop in my tracks at that time to take some inventory on myself of who I was and the man I'm trying to be, to take some time to look over my shoulder and say, why do I keep stepping in that same damn pothole? That running into that same crisis and hardship in my life over and over and over. Well, if it was all green lights, you don't look over your shoulder back at, well, back mm -hmm. at what the problem is. But the yellow light gave me time to introspectively look back and go, oh, now I know why. So the next time around the bend, I don't become a repeat offender and do the same trip in the same pothole. So we need the yellows and reds. And actually, the, the, uh, at the end of it, is that all the yellow and reds, as I alluded to earlier, I believe turn green or at least have lessons we were supposed to learn from them, green light assets in the rearview mirror of life for all of us. 
And so like you say, you believe all the yellows and reds. And in your book, again, you, you mentioned some really hard stuff, some of the stuff you haven't talked about and, you know, assault and first encounters with women. That is, I mean, Matthew, we deal with victims every single day, people that deal with like the worst aspects of humanity. And you yourself, while you say I'm not a victim by by sort of society standards, some might say, well, that's a victimization, but you just have this incredible outlook and have been able to flip it around. Are victims facing red lights, yellow lights, green lights, or is this outside? Oh, absolutely. Of that? No, I believe that. Absolutely. And look, there's, I think someone can be a victim. I think you look at many things in my book and go, no, that you are a victim. And I will go, yes. Now, did I choose to, did I make choices? that helped me not be victimized. That's that, that that's the verb. That 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 does have to do with how we feel about a situation. I've got people that look at look at the way I grew up and they read my book and they're like, "Oh my gosh, you were abused." And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. Oh, hang on a second. No, I was not." Yeah, did we get the belt? Yeah, I remember, but we didn't get injured. No, I was not abused. My mom and dad married 3 times, divorced twice. <laughs> wildly violent, passionate relationship. She would tell you at 89 years old right now, if she came in here, no, 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 I was never victimized. That's what she needed to communicate. Now, that's, you know, that's, that's her view and, that, and that's my view. It, there is, a, there is, it is a yellow. Being a victim and, and, and having something done unto you, like, like so many things I think you're alluding to, yes, that's a yellow and a red light. Absolutely. And when I say, I'm not trying to sell hallmark optimism of, oh, just brush it off. See the make lemonade out of lemons. No, 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 no. When I say the red and yellow lights turn green in the rear view mirror, I'm saying to choose to say, okay, I'm the victim, but I'm going to do all I can not to be victimized by this does not deny the crisis. I'm not denying the hardship. It's, it's, it's even times in relationships when two people argue to laugh at something. I bring up this in the book. If laughter was our default emotion, how much better we'd all get along. I'm not saying that that denies the problem we're having, but I am saying that it can unlock a way to solve the problem. So there are upsides. I always think, I always think that people should, no matter what position they're in, try to compound the assets with, uh, of, the, of whatever gratitude we can get. What can we learn about it? My two situations, uh, my early assault, I was clear in my mind, as much as I wouldn't wish that on anybody, it was clear in my mind when that happened to me that, oh, this this isn't right. This don't fly. I wouldn't want this to happen to anybody. This is not how two people, someone's supposed to treat somebody. So that clarity is what helped me not be victimized. I was a victim, but I, but mind you, if I would have been like, Maybe, ooh, I'm not sure. Is that the way the world's supposed to work? Now, maybe now I'm becoming victimized if I'm confused, but I had a clarity of right and wrong. And I was clear what was done to me was wrong in, in these circumstances that, that, that you're bringing up. And that clarity of knowing it was wrong helped me not be victimized because I said, okay, well, I'm not going to let that pin me down for the rest of my time. I'm not going to let that shape my, the way the reality I want to create my life. Yeah, I'll take, it's a scar on me, but it's not going to make my identity. So in that way, I think, is a way I'm saying there's a way to be a victim but not be victimized. Matthew McConaughey's new book, Green Lights, uncovers many untold parts of his life. Through personal photos, journal writings, and lessons learned from his raw life experiences with family, love, fatherhood, and faith, 
he uncovers what it means to him to just keep living. Grab a copy of his book via the link in our show notes at thebalancevoicepodcast.com or anywhere books are sold. It's so, so powerful to understand the realities that people face, but also understand that it doesn't have to redefine them and completely reshape their path. And Matthew, you know, I, we read all the time. We talk to people every day. I have never seen somebody navigate through life the way you have. And, and it's, it's interesting because it's not like, you know, you sat with a book writer five minutes ago and decided to write a book. It's obvious from the book that there's entries from when you were young. I love this. In 1989, one of your, your poems, I think I'll write a book, a word about my life. I wonder who will give a damn about the pleasures and the strife. And you have stuff in this book from when you built your 13 story tree house to your um, stories with your dad. I mean, your parents, unbelievable stuff. That's so your first job when you decided you wanted to go into acting, it makes the principles that you actually unfold so meaningful. And that's why I want to talk to you about why you wrote the book. I love that you just wrote, this is an approach book. And I love the fact that when I started reading it, I told my husband, I said, I kind of feel like he's writing me a letter. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like he's writing me a letter. And then in the last page, you sign it. Like it's a letter. I was like actually crying. <laughs> I sobbed a little. I'm not going to lie. Beautiful. Well, you know, here, uh, is it is it about, am I the lead character taking us through these stories? Sure. So in that way, is it a memoir? Sure. But I've got a, I don't like my relationship with the idea of a memoir. Memoir usually means, <laughs> good night, everyone. <laughs> Fading off to the sunset, retiring now. And I'm like, I'm not retiring. And, and I'm in the, in the midst of, a very vital life I'm living. So yeah, approach book, it's about perspective. Um, it's about what we were talking about earlier with those green and yellow lights. There are times that what do we do with the yellow light? That's the art, one of the arts of living is what do we do with the yellow light? Well, sometimes we do need to slow down and take pause to then dwell in a red light and do some real introspection to change and work on ourselves. If we didn't do that, we wouldn't evolve, we wouldn't grow. But other times when we get to the yellow light, we need to press on the damn gas and blow through that thing because that crisis does not deserve our credit. And we, I've been guilty of both of those. We know those people. We know ourselves that do that at times where we slow, we slow down at every yellow light and give it too much meaning and turn that molehill into a mountain. We're stuck in a red light just with all of these problems on top of us and we sure as hell start to feel victimized because we took on too, maybe too many of the problems. Sometimes we just got to deny a crisis and go, uh-uh, I'm not giving it my time. I'm pressing on the pedal to the metal and blowing through this because I'm not going to give that crisis credit. So, I mean, that, that's, that's, there, that's one, one approach, you know, a way of looking at things. And we, we each have to make that decision in the moment, which is why it's a, it's, life's a dance and why I call life a verb that way. Um, it's ways of seeing. This book is about ways of seeing life, ourself, our relationships in it, our relationships with others, our relationships with our past, our relationship with our future, our relationship with ourself, our relationship with our God. Um, it's about relationships and approach. And I, you know, when you walk us through your time in Australia, where it was a very interesting 
experience. And I love that you said, it, I went to the Rotary Club. It was a handshake. It was a handshake deal. And I wasn't coming back. But you also, even though you had, you talked about like rites of passage with your father and, and the th- your three and your two brothers and how you guys each had sort of that moment with your dad. I felt like you had a, an aha moment in Australia when you're, you know, the visiting family said, you know, from now on, you'll call us mom and pop. And yeah. you were like, today I become sort of a man and find my voice. Yeah. Well, finally on that day, you know, that, that, that year in Australia, if you, you read it, it's a black comedy. I mean, yes. it's, it's horrific, but you're, you, you gotta, hopefully you must, I hope you found some pleasure that it was happening to me. No, I didn't <laughs> find pleasure in happening to oh. anybody, but I was curious to see, is he going to leave? He's going to leave. Nobody's going to stay. He's leaving, but he no, did I, not I, leave. I, I, I never left. I, I took a hand, made a handshake on it, which was, which was sort of following up on the integrity of, you know, values my dad taught me. And I must say this, you know, I was kind of losing my mind for about six months of that year with mm. that place I was in. And uh, I, I never, about three months into it, when I was so confused uh, and, and lost and trying to figure stuff out and had no one to rely on, had no one to talk to, had no one to bounce ideas off of, um, I started to feel a little empowered by the endurance like oh okay if i outlast this there's a major green light at the end of this there's like if i if i can pay am i paying some sort of penance if i outlast this if i sacrifice and keep enduring this there's a prize at the end of this for me and there was and i'm still living that prize right now that year and that hardship i went through is the one that i point out that i would not be sitting here talking to you right now today with the life I have, if I did not go through that hardship and that, that loss and loneliness in Australia. But that moment you're talking about, I'm a young man, 18 years old, trying to find my own identity. All these problems and, 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 and odd things that are happening, I keep chalking up to, oh, it must be cultural differences. It must be something I, me, Matthew's missing. Then it came up, they wanted me to call them mom and pop. And the clarity that I had of like, no, that's not negotiable. Cultural difference, my backside. I don't care if it is a cultural difference. If it is, then I'm just different. I'm not doing that. As that, as a young man lost over there on, on that island of Australia with where I was, having that clarity at that moment gave me identity. It let me know I finally had something to stand up for and something I would say stand up against. No, I'm not calling you that. And you read on to find out, oh, they didn't take that very well. But I was clear. So to have, an, you know, it's hard to find non-negotiables in our life. You know, especially as youngsters, when we don't know, aren't quite sure what we stand for. We haven't built lives to stand for. We don't have families and careers that, that we are shepherds of every day that are non-negotiable. So, you know, to have that non-negotiable thing by going, uh-uh. If, 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 you know, if you're telling me I'm odd for saying I'm not calling you mom and dad, then yes, call me odd and different because I'm standing up for that. And that gave me a lot of identity at that time when I was lost. The, the ability to understand what's a non-negotiable is so it's so important, especially in today's world. And you deal with students. You're a professor. Mm-hmm. You have your foundation, which is unbelievable. Just keep living. No G because it's a verb. It's not a noun. It's a verb. <laughs> it's a verb. And you're a dad. And, and I love in the book, I actually meant to go back and count how many times you said the most important thing to me is to be a father. I, I read that sentence at least three or four times, but yeah. you clearly 
care about this next generation and have walked us through your journey so far of yeah. figuring out these points of friction and non-negotiables and where you're going to build um, a life lesson for yourself. How do you carry that on with this next generation, whether through your foundation, your students or your kids? Well, again, we were talking offline before before we got on the show. <laughs> Somebody back there, we were talking about their birthday being 1994 and I was born in 1969. I was like, oh yeah, once again, I keep thinking I like just graduated from college two years ago. I still feel very much like a peer. I'm still now realizing as I've become a professor at the University of Texas, that I've been able to, that I have wisdom to share that, that I think is obvious that, that youngsters go, no, I had no idea. Thank you for that. I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm being able to teach more and I'm stepping into more leadership teaching uh, positions. Um, our foundation helps out Title I children who are in schools that are 50% dropout rates. There's a lot of single, single parent homes. There's a lot of, they, a lot of these young men and women need to break a chain that they're on their older brother or somebody was in a gang. So that's what they're going to do. Well, no, we're going to show you there is another choice or that maybe you didn't know about. Um, we, uh, uh, you know, we our halo over our foundation is gratitude that these mm. the more you're thankful for, the more you're going to create in your life to be thankful for. We have all these, all these, we, all of our young men and women, the students have to do community service in their community that gives them an ownership. It gives them their, their head, their head gets high and their heart gets high because they have accountability and someone's not giving them a free lunch or going, oh, watch this. I can do this. They're getting respect in their community from doing that. Um, and then ultimately, you know, my epic, if I make movies, there's one, there's one, there, there, I have three epics in my life if, as far as if I'm going to use the metaphor of movies. And that's my three children. Hmm. That's the greatest light or shadow that Camilla and I can leave. That's the greatest shadow that I can leave as a father. That's how the, 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 the closest route, the bloodline of a father's immortality. Um, so I have them for 18 years. You know, how can I be the best dad to them right now? Not the time to be their best friend, the best <laughs> dad to them right now to help them get out and negotiate and be autonomous, confident, conscientious people in the world to get out there and navigate like my dad did very well with me and my mom and dad did very well with me and my two brothers um and i'm looking into now again what is what is my leadership role because i do i do think i have some things to teach and share and what is my what is my what is my role what's my category in my next chapter of life that i'm going into now uh, you know, just I'm going to caveat on that. This girl from Boston, I'm not asking a question. I'm not. Don't comment. But should your next leadership role ever include you, you know, running for governor of this wonderful state? We'd be very happy. Right. For you, but don't answer that. I'm not asking that question. No, I, I hear you. It's, I'm it's, not asking. It's, it's a true consideration. Um, we, we, you know, again, the to be able to sit with somebody who. It's so much more than the fact that you are, of course, you're an Oscar winner. And even hearing how you got to, to make Dallas Buyers Club, the love and intention you poured into it, the fact that you were, you spent a, two years saying no to Hollywood. You know, you made a decision, you were changing your course of direction, and then you made this movie, you won an Oscar. Um, your acceptance speech was very moving. You 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 are so intentional, as I, as I started in, in saying why we just loved talking to you. You're so intentional in everything you do. Now, you're a person that sets culture. You're a person that sets tone and you have the ability to, to shape these kids. Is it 
are, are is it ever frightening to you that a majority of kids today find their value, whether it be in fame, money, social uh, media recognition? Yeah. Very. Fix it. <laughs> Very. Uh, I don't know how to fix it. I, I mean, I, I know some things I believe help. Um, one of it is what you just said, putting that forward that, hey, these are not should not be the top level values where we're getting where our children are getting their identity from. What does America say success is? Money and fame, baby. You got that? I don't care how you got it. You got a seat at the table. Come on in front row. We reward that no matter what. That's short term money. That's short money in the way of life. There's a way to fill our bank accounts without sacrificing filling our soul's account. Now, it's tough to talk to children about it because children think they're gonna live forever. All right, and I hear that, but let's bring forward because there's a lot of just sort of almost ignorance. Oh, I didn't think about that. Oh yeah, that I tell children all the time and millennials, hey, that comment you're saying online, it's gonna outlive you. Think about it before you press in because it'll be there, it'll, it will introduce you in the form of your eulogy. And yeah, you are going to die someday. So think about it. What you're doing right now is a compounding asset for your future. You're writing who you, your own story. Is that really a part of your story you want? Do you really think? Do you, also, do children, and we all got to understand this, especially children, you don't build yourself up truly by putting others down. It, we think it does. It's, it's like a quick fix. You know what I mean? It's like the, it's like I always say this, the person at the party that tells the joke on somebody who's not there that you all laugh really hard in the moment at, but when you walk away from you lost respect for them because you're like, oh, you might do that to me. Think about these things. Kids are getting their identity off of what they send out, what millions of strangers may think about that. That's not a place to get your identity. Those commenters out there, the naysayers, that come back and make you feel down when they thumbs down or gave a bad comment on what you put out, they're on the sidelines for a reason. On the sidelines, not in the game. So get in the game and play your own game. And yes, fill your bank account, but don't do it at the expense of filling your soul's account. So as you're building your own character, you may not know what you wanna do, you may not know who you wanna be, but I talk about it in the book. Start defining who you're not, what you don't wanna be. Start defining, we all know, what's that bar we go to? That we come, we wake up the next morning a little bit more hungover than that other bar we go to. Even though we had the same amount of beers, the same amount of drinks, why are we more hungover at that one place than the other? Well, it's probably who you're hanging out with and what you're talking about. That's giving you the hangover more than the, more than the other place. So start eliminating those things from your life, those people, those places that do not feed you personally. And I think you thus far have actually shown, you know, again, you walked us through pausing and recalibrating a few times where you said, this is not, this is not feeding my soul in the right way. I'm yeah. losing sense with myself and how you had the vision and wisdom in the current time to always do that is unbelievable. Um, I love you talked about one of your boys, you have two boys and a girl. And, and when you, when you spoke of your girl, you said it's the honeymoon that never ends, I think, yeah, your love for her. It's sweet. But one of your boys, you know, you said he wants to turn the cheek every time. 
So, you know, I'm raising him to succeed by doing his best, score extra on the soccer field, never gloat, but never back down. Right. I loved it. This balanced conversation is made possible by Brigitte and Bashar Kalai, Hallie Vanderheider, Sippy and AJ Karana, and Deepwater Productions. If you're interested in furthering our mission of facilitating balanced conversations, offering real solutions, contact us at thebalancevoicepodcast.com. Matthew, we work in the trenches with things that, um, quite honestly, a lot of people want to pretend is not happening. You know, right. we're very, you know, we don't want to pretend that there's abuse or trafficking or, you know, kids are dangerous. We don't want to, nothing. Everything is roses. And, and the reality That's is, we still, what, you think that people are saying, Hey, we want to believe it's roses. Yeah, I do. I think people just want to, you know, the stuff we deal with, whether it's animal cruelty, what really happens to animals, what's happening to kids, domestic violence during COVID, um, the, the, you know, what's ha- the online solicitation of minors. I mean, I could go on the stuff we deal with is really hard and you deal with title one schools. We're primarily in title one schools. There are safe school Institute. These kids, um, you know, you're a little older than me. I know I'm, and I'm a little older than our executive producer who's <laughs> just sharing her age, but the lot, our childhoods are so different than kids being raised today. It just, it's, you know, online solicitation. It's, it's not just drugs, it's synthetic drugs. It's the Uberization of drugs. So it's just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But what is your message to boots on the ground, people in our organizations, your own team through just keep living? Like, how do we keep finding the strength to go on? Well, I mean, great question. Because I hear you. Let me go back to where you started. It's, it's, your work is in the shadows. Your work, people want to want to glance at it, but don't want to look too long. Yeah. Um, you know, let me bring up somebody you have working in your city that I think is a really good man and doing a great job. He's your police chief, Art Acevedo. Oh, we he love him. Grasp and a balance of compassion and responsibility that it takes from all of us. Now, those, we, do, we need the compassion, we need the empathy, not to get political, but are that on the, the left to help out the, 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 the more vulnerable. At the same time, in doing so, in our compassionate hearts, we have to shake hands and look in the eye the evil that mankind does and can possess. Yeah. And that's what we kind of, that's when I, what, I, what I was thinking about when you brought up, oh, we're in the shadows, because we don't like to look at it. We don't like to admit it. But we do it. We all, every single one of us got good wolf in us and a bad wolf. And there are a lot of people out there that want to just feed the bad wolf. Mankind possesses a whole lot of evil. Let's admit that first. Let's put that up there and quit trying to brush that over with little light Hallmark cards of, you know, if you dream it, you can do it. Do better. No. Takes work. So let's get over to the responsibility side. You guys and you ladies are doing this. Can you feel when it works, when you do stop a certain crime? Can you feel it? Is it tangible that, oh, the work I did helped stop something that was going wrong or was going to go even more wrong? Boy, if you can feel it, and when you can, if you can bottle that, because that's measurable. 
Because we can measure our success or feel those moments. That's when we go, well, check that on the box. Now, that check, that success I just had may not be on the front page news. It may not be out there with the spotlight on it. But hey, so what? That's all a bunch of smoke and mirrors anyway. I'm in the, I'm, I work in that business. You know what I mean? You're doing it on the ground. If you can measure that and don't let those small victories that you can work and build. He said, don't, don't let those pass. Don't take those for granted. Like, oh, that's how it's supposed to be. No, Minner, if we admit and look in the eye, the evil that mankind can possess, when we have those small victories, they matter because you go, no, that's not how it always is. Because there's a lot of still crimes out there. There's a lot of times that you work and try to get something and you fail. You don't succeed at getting a solution. So, boy, when you can really put a spotlight for yourself and to each other of, oh, that was a success. That we stopped. One thing that would have made the world a little uglier place. And that's a good thing. That's an asset. That's in the black. That's feeling, talk about, that's feeling soul's account. Let that feel your soul's account because that's real. That's, re- that's long money. That's, that's real equity. That's real currency. Uh, so understand the value of that, which I'm sure you do. But you, what you're saying is you don't have people don't come to you and say how much they value that on a daily basis because we don't want to see it. So keep your keep your own tally sheet, please. And amongst yourselves to say, hey, that's real currency. That was real profit that we achieved today by stopping somebody or helping somebody out that needed it. That's that's true currency. That's true profit. Matthew McConaughey, I thank God that I I did not stop at the red light when I first requested to have you on. <laughs> and it was timing. It was timing. And that we we are having the sit down with you. We're going to wrap up, but please don't hang up because I want to ask you a quick question after this. But this book, guys, I cannot tell you what an incredible read you are. Um, as I said, a Texas gem. We appreciate you. We um, are proud to have you in our state and you personify the spirit that just makes us so great. We'll be following your virtual presentation. Go to Matthew McConaughey's virtual fundraiser. Go to Matthew McConaughey's um, Instagram page for more information. Thank you again. At officially McConaughey, I believe it is. At officially McConaughey. Thank you, Matthew. We love you. And uh, we'll be back next week on the Balanced Voice podcast. Thanks for tuning in to today's Balanced Conversation. You can find real solutions and tangible resources in our show notes at thebalancevoicepodcast.com. To join the conversation, follow us on Instagram at thebalancevoicepodcast and on Twitter at balancevoice underscore. Stay up to date on Runya's work by following her at The Runya Report. And we can't wait to see you next week for another Balanced Conversation.